Hey, it's Dr. Jenny Christerna, the psychological surgeon over here at International High Achievers. And today's podcast is about what really happens when you are in good therapy. Yeah, that is the question of the uh, ever, actually, in the history of therapy. People um, have a lot of ideas and misconceptions about what happens in therapy. So I'm here to clear that up for you as best as I can. All right, so here it goes. So as we talk about therapy, a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, started um, looking for a therapist, started doing their work, which I think first and foremost is fantastic. All therapy is good therapy. It leads you to some type of awareness and understanding about who you are as a person, about what you do in terms of patterns or cycles of of behaviors and thoughts. So all that good stuff. So therapy is good in that way. What most people believe happens in therapy is you go, you talk about stuff, and you feel better. You may work on a few things, get some solutions, some some um, ideas about how to do things differently. And when it comes to breaking patterns or cycles of thoughts or behaviors in your life, you just become aware of them and then all of a sudden they go away. This could not be further from the truth. In fact, This is not what happens at all in decent therapy, let alone good therapy. What happens in therapy, generally speaking, is this. You go in to, say, psychology today, Google, wherever you do your search, you'll go into a list of people who are therapists. And they may be licensed clinical social workers like myself maybe clinical psychologists, IDs, uh, professional counselors, the list goes on. And you'll read their profiles, you'll decide, oh, this sounds like somebody that I might like to work with, this sounds like an individual who specializes in the thing that I'm wanting to work on, and you'll reach out to them. They'll call you back, sometimes they won't, depending on how you reach out to them. But oftentimes they will call you back and they will talk with you for a little bit, um, hopefully, and they'll schedule a session if they feel like they can be helpful. There are some therapists who won't necessarily call you back. Maybe they have an office staff call you back and then they'll ask you a couple of questions. Um, Then they'll just schedule you for your first appointment. Now, for most patients and therapists, As of 2021, you can neither choose to go into the office, often you need to be fully vaccinated, or you can do telehealth, which is fantastic. So once you get in, you'll start, you'll, you know, have your first session, they'll assess and get a better sense of what you're looking to work on, see what's really going on with you. And if you're using insurance, usually at the end of the first session, we have to give you a diagnosis. And when we give you a diagnosis, that goes to the insurance company so we can get paid. Now, people will often not make their first appointment. Yeah, believe it or not, people will often not make their first appointment. They will no call, no show. 
and they will, um, or, or not and, or they will cancel at the last minute, usually the day of, maybe even 15 minutes before the session. And the reason for that is people like to sign up for therapy. People want therapy. People want change right until the moment they arrive at the door. Because as time goes on, people start to become more and more anxious or afraid of what's going to happen, what's going to come up, what's going to come out. And oftentimes they're not even aware that this is what they're anxious about. Sometimes they'll be resistant and they'll say, you know what, I'm doing fine. You know, I can figure this out. That happens quite a bit too, which is okay. Except for with the cancellation policy, you'll still be required to pay for that session. So be mindful of that. <laughs> now, with that said, people will come to the first session and then not schedule an appointment. And... Uh, you know, for a follow-up session or for future sessions. And sometimes people will go for two, three sessions and then out of the blue, they'll call the therapist and they'll say, you know, I don't want to do therapy anymore. Um, I'm going to stop my sessions, which is completely fine. Now, for whatever reason, people have their reasons, but for whatever reasons, these things happen. And this is how most people start their therapy. Now, when you're in good therapy, Okay, or just say decent therapy. We'll just have the bar be decent therapy. When you're in therapy, let me tell you what actually happens or what should actually happen. When you go into therapy in your first session, there should be some type of rapport that's established where you feel connected to the therapist, the therapist feels connected to you, you feel like the therapist can be helpful and allowing you to be comfortable enough to bring up all of the stuff that, say, you're, you're struggling with. And the therapist should be comfortable in handling the stuff that you're, that's coming up that you're struggling with, okay? And sometimes you find out really quickly that one or both of you cannot do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. That just means it's not a good fit. But if you're with a pretty decent therapist, all of the stuff that's happening in the world should start to come up within the first, I would say, three to four sessions. Most of my patients will have it come up within the first session. And my role, as I see it, is to allow that to come up and I meet them where they are. So if they're coming up and they're being resistant, my job is to say, okay, let's look at that. And if they go, I do not want to, it's like, okay, well, we don't have to. And if it comes up again in that session, I go, well, you're, you're saying that you don't want to look at this thing, but here it comes up again. It's like a bad rash or something. Can, are you sure we can't look at that? And then oftentimes they will go, well, yeah, I want to look at it or no, I don't want to look at it or something to that effect. And so what ends up happening is I'll say, look, I know you don't want to look at it, but it's very, very clear to me that this seems like this is the problem. Is that something you are open to looking at? And they'll often say, well, I didn't think about it like that. I can see your point. Yes, yes. Let me look at it. I want to look at it. 
It's like, okay. And so we move forward. So every good therapy session has something that comes to the surface that you were unaware of, that the therapist is just pointing out and giving back to you as your own, because that is yours, that that's a fragment of yours that, that is depleting you whenever it's not with you. Okay. It allows you to live in this world that you've created that's not healthy or at all accurate. So this is where this stuff gets good. Okay. This is where the feelings come up. And these are often not happy feelings because, hey, we're in therapy. And if we were happy, we really wouldn't be in therapy now, would we? So this is where feelings of shame or guilt or fear or anger or frustration, jealousy, maybe even rage starts to emerge. So remember just a, a few minutes ago when I said people come into therapy and they pretty much have oversimplified. I'm going to go in, going to talk about this, I'm going to feel better, da, 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 da. Therapy is hard. Therapy when you're in good therapy or even just decent therapy, you are unfucking comfortable. You know you're in good therapy when your therapist has made a connection with something that you didn't like, that you don't want to be true. That is something that most, if not every human being, unless you're Gandhi, Buddha, or Jesus, him or herself, is looking for. We're all looking for truth. We're all looking to know the real reason why. At the same time, we resent that. We resent being the Egyptian in the story and not the Hebrew. We resent being the wicked witch, right? And not Snow White. We resent the role that we play, not only in the lives of everybody else, but in our own. Because in our mind, we're always the victim. We're always the one that's doing something for other people completely in an altruistic manner. In our mind, we are never robbing anyone of something. In our mind, in our narrative, we are always the ones being robbed. In good therapy, your therapist identifies and points out, yes, these horrible things happened to you. You were robbed. But they also point out how you may have inadvertently robbed someone or another of something that belonged to them. Not because you're a good or bad person. I don't believe in that. But because you were either aware or not of your own pain of your own hurt, of your own avoidance. So as you start to look to do therapy, understand it's not going to be this, oh, this is, you know, what I learned today and happy, happy, joy, joy. Therapy is painful. It can be painful. And there are moments when it is completely exhilarating and wonderful. But those moments come after we come through the pain, after we face the worst parts of ourselves that we fear, which absolutely happens to be nothing big once we face it. It's the buildup of the fear, 
that makes it something that we consider to be unbearable. The good therapy allows us to come face to face with those parts of us that haunt us in our everyday lives, but we pretend don't exist, that we pretend are not there. The reward for our courage, for our commitment to healing, are the moments of exhilaration when we finally fucking get it. That is freedom. The freedom that comes from us facing the parts of us that we cannot tolerate, that we wish were not there, and learning to love that part, helping that part of us to evolve and grow. That is good therapy. That is why we show up. So when we find ourselves in a narrative in our everyday life where we're always being victimized, where we're always saying, my family, they hate me. My husband, my kids, they hate me. Everybody at work hates me. It's like, newsflash, newsflash. It is statistically impossible for it to be everybody else in the world. It doesn't mean that some of what you are saying is inaccurate. It is probably the most accurate and most truthful part of what you're saying. It is how we give it meaning and it is how we respond to those things that happen to all of us. How do we do that? How do we continue to take on the same role in our lives that lead us to the same outcome and to get everyone else Give every, get, get mad at everyone else for the choices that we've made and how to respond to something, how to see ourselves as something. We cannot do that and expect our lives to be different. We have to be able to entertain the possibility, the very real possibility that we are also doing something so whenever we find ourselves complaining in therapy, complaining to our family members, our girlfriends, our friends, our co-workers about something, and this is a common denominator, I mean, excuse me, a, a red thread in our lives, understand that the common denominator is us. So we have to look at that. We have to. Or else we get more of the same. And if that's your goal then hey, fantastic. I'm sure you'll find a therapist that makes you feel better about not changing how you think about and respond to the events of your life. There's also some truth in, while you may find the person that you need, you may find that the world becomes a lot lonelier. When you find someone who allows you to live in the world of being a victim, that allows you to live in the world where you dictate all of the rules, so much so that no one can or wants to be around you. You've won. You were right that it is everyone else in the world, which is why you're alone. Now, if you would like to learn how to discover who you are, maintain your own integrity, and coexist with people by setting healthy boundaries, 
by challenging the, the myths that you hold to be true so your narrative can stay the same because you aren't doing anything incorrectly, that you don't play a role in this. If you're looking to challenge that and maybe see what other people see that, that may be in your blind spot, then go to therapy. Go and, and find a decent therapist who will call you on that in a loving way. Understand that this world, yeah, you're a part of it, no matter how involved you are. If you plan on going out and having a job and having kids and a family, you're going to be part of this world. And guess what? You're going to be the villain in someone else's story. And you need to be okay with that. You need to learn how you do that. And you need to decide whether or not that is something that you will continue to do. And sometimes we don't have a choice. People make us the villain. And that's okay too. But therapy is about helping you learn discernment. What belongs to you and what doesn't? Well, in order to discover what belongs to you, you have to look at you. So you can either look at it as a catch-22 or as, a, as an insurance policy that allows us to make sure we do our work completely. I hope this was helpful. So, with love, light, and every good wish, this is Dr. Jenny Christerna psychological surgeon at International High Achievers. If you are looking to go deeper, and if you are looking to change your narrative, maintain your own personal integrity, and learn discernment so you can grow and be comfortable with who you really are, which is love, feel free to give me a call, 312-382-8710 extension 150, or simply press the number one. Thanks so much, and I hope to see and talk with you soon. Make sure you check out the website, www.highachiever.net.